In the wrestling world, the people are represented by two separate but unequally important groups. The wrestlers and bookers, who literally do all the hard work, and the fans, who endlessly nitpick and overanalyze everything they do. These are their stories. Welcome to Raw and Order, the wrestling booking unit, the only wrestling podcast on the planet with two-thirds of us still recovering from the Thanksgiving sleepies. I am your host, Detective Mark Sparks, joined by my partner in crime fighting, District Attorney Vincent K. Fabe. What's going on, man? How are you? I actually had some more Thanksgiving tonight. It was delicious. Thanksgiving. Also joining us... Not celebrating Thanksgiving last week, our RCMP from up north, JLB. What's going on? It goes on not celebrating last week because I celebrated a month ago. Y'all a month behind, and you should get to it. But it's all good, guys. I hope you enjoyed all enjoyed your turkey, your ham, your stuffing. I certainly did a month ago. It was delicious. I think I had, um, I think I had leftovers for about a week. So. Uh, I'm jealous of you guys currently, because there's nothing like having turkey at 10 a.m. in the morning. Oh, yeah. Our, our Thanksgiving took a week longer, or a month longer to happen, because it took us a month to get all the smallpox blankets saved up. Ah, ah, fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> that, that See, what much. I think happened, though, no, I think you're wrong. I think that you're, you're about 100, and mo- 100 years and 11 months by. Too soon? Mm-hmm. It's okay. <laughs> Anyways, uh, we we actually get to do a WBU this week because there is no uh, pay-per-view this week. But then next week, guess what? There's NXT. So no WBU next week. But War Games should be fun to call because that will be an actual pay-per-view. I imagine we won't be disappointed by it. So I'm pretty oh. stoked. It looks like it's going to be fun. They're actually doing something to build up actual feuds between people who are facing in the war games rather than just what they do on main roster for Survivor Series where they're like, ah, you guys are representing Rob and for some reason or other you're going to get along and have fun in there and you guys are representing SmackDown and for some reason or other you're going to get along. Uh, Forget what feuds you were having before. You're friends now. (laughs) That really is an ish thing though. It's not completely that way. If you have to say it's not completely that way, it's completely that way. It's only, it's it's like uh, in The Princess Bride when he was just mostly dead. Yeah. Yeah, see, maybe, maybe to, uh, together. to blathe, which we all know means to bluff. <laughs> we are quoting <laughs> If we continue on, there's good. There's going to be a segment of our listeners who has no idea what we're talking about. There, uh, I'm pretty sure uh, that's nine percent of our customers every week. And th- and that segment can stop listening now because if you don't know Princess Bride, you can get the fuck out. There's our first one. <laughs> no more quoting. I mean it. Does anybody want a peanut? Anybody want a peanut? See, it's wrestling related because Princess Bride has Andre the Giant in it. That's so. true. That's legit. Oh, fair enough. Wait, is that the movie with uh, that whole uh, catchy line with "You killed my father"? Yes. That is the Indiana movie. Okay. I've only watched that recently, like in the last five years. Oh my I know. God. I have probably watched it 
more times in the last five years than most people have watched it in their lives. So, but it wasn't a good movie, right? Greatest movie of all time. But critically yeah. speaking, it wasn't a good movie. It's just a good movie because it's so bad, right? No, I'm no, it sure. is. It's I, quite possibly the greatest movie of all time because it's so bad. Yeah. No, no, nope. <laughs> it is. It is literally so good. There is no irony in my voice here. It is not a bad movie. Humor. It's got, like, guy humor. It's got the love story that women like. It's got, um... uh, Oh, my God. It's got an 8 out of 10 on IMDb and 97% on Rotten Tomatoes. Damn. It is quite possibly the greatest movie of all time. I've already said it. It is. It is, without a doubt, my favorite romance of all time. Wow. Uh, romance movie. I mean, it's just there. It is very close to the perfect movie. The only things that hold it back um, are based on timing. Like, like? Well, nothing's yeah. perfect, but also just based on when it came out, well, you know, they only had the ability to do certain things. Um, so there, there are things, if the movie were to be made today, um, you know, certain production things would be better, but no, it's, it's it's about as close to perfect as you get. The uh, rodents of unusual side, I don't think they exist. R-O-U-S's? It's, uh, this may be the greatest episode of WBU just because we had that much banter before we even introduced JLB. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, you were. And then we went on. Um, before we get into talking about wrestling too much i'd like to remind everyone that raw and order wbu is part of the tatnus co podcast network so head on over to tatnusco.com and listen to the other shows there um and then come back to listen to more of us do it uh, and but, plan your vacation to turks and kaikos turks and kaikos lovely turks. oh my gosh i have to tell you what happened smarks oh you have <laughs> to hear before we get into this ready let's go so I really, really enjoy Hot Ones um, from First We Feast uh, as a podcast. Uh, Sean Evans is the host. That son of a bitch, that mother effer. I'm going to leave this at once. That mother effer stole Turks and Caicos from us. Damn him. And he called it Turks and Caicos, apparently. Yeah, yeah, because he's a real mother effer. And he did it in an episode with Dax Shepard, which just makes you mad because that's the guy that stole Veronica Mars from me. And Fabe also sweared so many times during that episode of Boshalong, I literally took it upon myself to bleep them out because I said, you know what? These are a lot of F-bombs. <laughs> <laughs> so it actually sounds even funnier now. He's like, that mother beeper. <laughs> so... Uh, interesting when talking about Turks and Caicos, I ran across a mention of it the other day. Um, those who know me in real life know, uh, that my father passed uh, recently, two years ago almost, uh, from Parkinson's disease. And when you have a family member with Parkinson's, uh, you tend to develop a connection to Michael J. Fox because he's probably the most famous Parkinson's sufferer in the world today, right? He was uh, in an article in an interview talking about his recent announcement that he's now 100% retired from acting because he realized that his disease had made it to where he can't do it anymore. And part of his story of how he realized it was that he was vacationing in Turks and Caicos. Aww. And 
and uh, he was walking along and he saw Keith Richards uh, in Turks and Caicos. Son of a bitch. And he realized that he, even though he is younger than Keith Richards, was doing worse than Keith Richards. I mean, to be fair, man, I think everybody's doing worse than Keith Richards. I don't know how this guy is still alive. I love Keith. Um, uh, but man, all the drugs. Through it all. All the drugs. All the drugs that this guy is taking. I, I guess Every that's... Every member of that band is still alive. Every single one of them. I swear to you, the last two people on Earth is going to be Betty White and Keith Richards. These are going to be the last two people on Earth, and they're going to outlive us all. I will they're say... That we I, don't know about. Isn't Jagger older than Richards, though? Um, give me one second. Google. I'm pretty, sure, I'm pretty sure Mick Jagger's older than Keith Richards. Because yeah, really uh, Keith Richards is 76. Uh, just for reference, Michael J. Fox is 59. So it was a 59-year-old realizing that a 76-year-old looked better than him, or at least was handling things better. Uh, let's find out Mick Jagger. Mick Jagger is 77, so Jagger is technically a year older. How's that for blowing your mind? The shape that Jagger's in. Yeah, they're all... Because he did slightly less drugs. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, in, In a fun little thing, I actually decided to buy the Back to the Future trilogy on Blu-ray. And um, I saw Michael J. Fox do an interview. And yeah, man, his his shaking, too, has gotten really bad. Um, and I know it's an ongoing disease that it just gets worse as time goes on. But you can re- just him sitting there, you know, you could tell. Um, and this, I think, I think that interview was done in like 2013. So... I can only imagine it has gotten a little bit worse. I didn't even realize Michael J. Fox was still actually doing any kind of acting. He, so he was mostly was... doing just like guest appearances and stuff like that. Um, okay. But he was like, uh, nope, I'm done now. I'm just done. Um, yeah. Still making money off Back to the Future, I'm sure. So like Charlie Watts yeah. from the Rolling Stones is 79. So he's uh, older than both of them. And Ugh. Ronnie Wood. Ronnie Woods is the baby at only 73. Oh, the baby. <laughs> Jeez. But, uh, yeah, no, Parkinson's is a tough one because he, here's the deal is almost all of the treatments that they have for Parkinson's may make you temporarily have less symptoms, but eventually your body develops such a tolerance to them that the Parkinson's comes back with a vengeance. So everything that Michael J. Fox did to make it so that he could act through the later part of his full-time acting career, catch up to him now. Mm-hmm. Anyways. But let's not talk about depressing stuff like uh, Parkinson's when instead we can talk about Turks and Caicos where I'd love to be vacationing right now. Uh, Turks and Caicos. Maybe I could run into Mick Jagger there. Maybe you could. Apparently it's the vacation location of the stars. Which is why we didn't hear about it until we had this incredible <laughs> podcast. You didn't even realize just... Jay Fox was the voice of Stuart Little. Yep. Oh, damn. Look at that. Huh. Well, you Learn know. something new every day. So <laughs> let's go ahead and get on to the wrestling talk so that our listeners don't throw their phones at the wall. I'm sure yeah. they can't. If you're listening to this, don't throw your phones at a wall. It's an expensive thing to do, and it really doesn't help anything. Mm-hmm. Little tip. Um, so we'll start off with crime number one. Anyone want to go first? Nope. Matt, 
Nope. Sounds like a no, so I will go ahead and go first. I am amending a crime from a few weeks ago. Ooh. Uh, amending it. This was uh, the crime before... This is more than a few weeks ago. How many weeks ago would that have been? It was before the... Uh, before the Miz won the Money in the Bank briefcase off of Otis. Okay. And... The crime was gimmick infringement against the WWE for having wrestling court. We're wrestling law enforcement, not you guys. That's gimmick infringement. It's a serious crime. And this crime gets amended because we have to include impact wrestling into this now. It is now a, a, a suit against two wrestling companies. Ooh, we're on the verge of a class action. Yeah. Oh, geez. It it really burns my gears. The last couple weeks, Impact Wrestling has been having Wrestle Court, uh, Wrestlers Court, because uh, I mentioned on a previous episode how Johnny Bravo got shot, and they were trying to figure out who shot him, and Wrestlers Court was going on to figure out who shot Johnny Bravo, and uh, Wrestling Court is our deal. Lay off it more famous people than us <laughs> and actual wrestlers yeah, and actual wrestlers who actually do this stuff just we we got one thing on this little measly planet and it's being fake wrestling law enforcement let us have it <laughs> yeah that's life just so everyone knows if you haven't watched impact wrestling then you know uh they figured out who shot johnny bravo and uh now there's gonna be something about that but he, Shot Johnny Bravo because he was jealous. Um, I'm totally blanking on his name right now. Uh, as, as soon as I remember it, uh, I gotta look it up. Who shot John E. Bravo? Um, well, at least it wasn't all a dream, though. I mean, well, we, we, it might still turn out to be a dream, but right now it is uh, officially something. Um, gotta find the spot on it where it mentioned Larry D. Larry D's one of the big guys in it, and uh, he has an alter ego, Lawrence D. And Lawrence D shot Johnny Bravo because Lawrence D is in love with Rosemary. I'm in love with a Rosemary. But I'm like, ah, jeez, you can't. I, I mean, it was entertaining and all, so they get a little bit off. But uh, we got so few things in this world. Being the wrestling law enforcement's the only thing. Guys, gimmick infringement hurts. It hurts the little guys. Stop. You can do box along with us if you want. Well, not for a few weeks because you're pre-recorded for at least a few. Weeks. <laughs> oh. You gotta throw us under the bus. You gotta tell everybody that this is the, that that's the pre-recorded show. You've mentioned it before, and you actually mentioned it out of one of those three episodes. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm excited to actually listen to uh, the one coming up. I believe it's it's set to be in two weeks from now uh, because it's one that I suggested. Cactus Jack. <laughs> I said, you guys should watch something with Cactus Jack and Terry Funk. <laughs> yeah, what a match. And uh, it. No, it's not a match. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a, yeah. Ugh. Well, I mean, the thing is, and what made it so great um, was that person who literally did the video for it um, also included Mick's audiobook as well, talking about the match. So it made it 
that much more better. And it actually got me to go and get mixed book. <laughs> so, but yeah, the match itself was uh, pretty crazy. And, you know, we were going crazy over stuff he's done after that fave. You know, we were going crazy over stuff he's done in 99, the Hell in a Cell, and so on. But then, you know, watching that explosion death match that he did in like 94, we're kind of like, well, I mean, the nat- what he's what he what he's done later on in his career is nothing because that match was just cra- craziness. Oh, Mick, that Mick, you gotta love him. And the fact that Terry Funk continued wrestling until 2017. Um, yeah. But, what? So yeah, that's coming up in a few weeks. Uh, we've got uh, one coming up next week, I believe. They, we decided, uh, I say we, they decided to continue the Mick Foley into December. So For two weeks. Uh, for two weeks. So Cactus Jack versus uh, Terry Funk in a couple weeks. And I believe the one scheduled for next week is a last man standing match. Um, not from a pay-per-view or a special event, but from just an, an everyday episode of Impact Wrestling. Yep. Well, no, of, of TNA. It was TNA, Impact Wrestling. Because the show was still called Impact, so. Yes. God, that was a good match. That one was really good. I still don't know why they don't advertise that match, technically. Because they're always like, oh, look, we had AJ Styles here. Look, we had this guy here. But, like, why don't you put that match? If you want to name drop Cactus Jack and Ric Flair, like, whoa, and get people to go and watch that match, that's a crazy match to go see. Like, yeah, uh, the marketing on Impact's part. Oh, jeez. I, I would assume it has to do a lot with um, not wanting to look like they're going after the just the Legends segment because they already get a lot of crap from from wrestling fans for uh their preponderance of has-beens in the early days shall we say Mm -hmm. uh that you know advertising a match featuring two people who are towards the end of their careers um versus advertising a match that's people who are currently in their primes that's what i would anticipate it's about Uh, but then if people actually go watch the match like then they'll be thoroughly entertained and then won't be knocking impact for it either yeah i mean that's that's a that's a different type of um just taking legends yeah so but at the end of the day both there will be an impact uh still get the uh get the class action lawsuit that uh you might be throwing there smarks because uh yeah the wrestling court is a thing and to be fair we'd probably get sued because the wrestling court has been a thing since the 80s or the early 90s when the undertaker was the judge so we'll probably have to go take it up with the undertaker in terms of it was it was a real thing backstage but it wasn't something that was on tv or social media so until now That's just that's my main crime this week. It's it's a little thing, but I don't know. I just I was like, God, man, we got one thing in this little world. <sighs> Why can't we ever have nice things? <laughs> we don't even have freedom anymore. COVID took that away. Um, so I'll go next, cause okay. um, yeah. So I'd like to do a double here so i'd like to give kudos 
for the WWE writers uh, charging them with finally doing something right with making Kevin Owens the top guy again. It seems like Kevin Owens will be doing something with Roman. Here's to me hoping it goes on until Mania, but I doubt it. Um, but I really like the way that they are going with that whole storyline. Kevin Owens is standing up and he's like, yo, this is, bad. This is not real family. So on and so forth. Like that whole thing. It's making Kevin Owens look awesome again. Um, my problem with this, though, is it ultimately made Jay Uso look like a little bitch. Because Kevin Owens went to that ring and just annihilated Jay Uso. Is it Jay or Jimmy? Jay, right? Jay. Yeah. Jay. Um, so way to make him look bad. Like why if Kevin Owens is trying to prove a point to Roman, okay, and he knows that Jay Uso is still a lackey, why are you gonna go and beat the hell out of Jay Uso to bits? Essentially, you're kind of being a hypocrite to your own point, but either way, I still loved it. It made KO look like a beast. And I'm all for a KO versus Roman because I think KO promos will be absolutely amazing. And I don't know if you guys had saw the Twitter promo that he did with, um, oh no, I only know their indie wrestling name 2.0. Um, but the two guys from NXT or from Montreal, he did a nice Ever little Everrise. That's it. Jeez, thank you. Uh, I thought that promo was freaking hilarious. And I hope KO keeps doing stuff with those guys because that hopefully would eventually mean that they go up to the main roster. They sure as hell need tag teams. So that would be perfect. And that will be KO's like Goonies sort of deal. Um, so I'm all down for that. I'm really happy what they're doing with KO. Um, I feel like every time you have KO facing someone, it's never a bad time. Everything gets dealt with nicely. We saw that the KO and Rollins, that was good and so on. So I'm really happy that they're building up KO and kudos to the writers um, for doing this. Here though, is where the bad comes in. So I'm saying kudos to the writers, but at the same time, we just found out that the writers didn't know what they were doing until like an hour or two before the show because Vince had arrived to the show late and Vince didn't tell anybody what was going on until he got there. So... I guess it's a kudos like is it a good thing like they, they essentially didn't really plan this necessarily because Vince arrived late so it wasn't a long-term planning or booking so to speak so really happy that that happened but is it now just maybe gonna change next week because it seems like no one knows what's going on backstage so it's kind of a bittersweet it's a charge of uh charge you for finally doing the right thing and you get a some sort of award um a, a commendable award and it's also a charge for negligence so it's a, it's a slippery slope a bittersweet thing we'll have to kind of see how that charge plays out with what they do next week i have a prediction mm-hmm. i have a prediction that nothing comes out of it because like you said Nobody in WWE knows what's going on from one week to the next. Not even Vince McMahon. He just decides on the day. He's just like, ah, I think we should do this. And like, um, you build a company. Like, how do you just keep doing that? Well, I care. 
I, I would say how you do that is, uh, yeah, you, you you get there and you say, this is what we're going to do this week, and that's the end of it. You build your company that way when you've gone 20 years without any competition. And the last time you had any real competition that even remotely came up against you, they only beat you for a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Three weeks. Yeah, but I mean, no, but you can't even blame it on that because they've now we know Vince has been going crazy for quite some time now, but they've had good wrestling in 2000. They've had good wrestling in 2001. It's not like this has just been a thing since WCW lost the ratings. You know what I mean? They've well, had good wrestling. But but what you got to you got to make a distinction between good wrestling and good long-term storyline. Or either way, good long-term storyline. Excuse me. And they need... haven't had good long-term st- in years. They have good short-term storyline maybe. They've got good wrestling on any individual day. You know, I mean, you can't you can't have the top five or five of the top ten wrestlers in the world in your company and not have good wrestling and good individual storytelling on any given day. But their long-term storytelling has sucked because they never know what's going on from one month to another, you know? Um, I'm My misdemeanor for later... Um, is based on this exact concept. So I'll just go ahead and get to it now, because why not? Well, because we aren't done with all the felonies. Yeah, but it plays into this. So my misdemeanor for later was going to be WWE for not having any clue what to do with Braun Strowman. Amen! Yeah. He's also injured now. So, yes, I agree with you. He's four. No, but he's actually injured. That's why they suspended him. Uh, he got into that series apparently. He's the thing is he he's injured, but they don't know if he's gonna miss any time. So that's why they came up with this suspended storyline to allow them to diagnose his injury further and and decide what to do. But my point still stands: there are better ways to deal with the monster getting uh, missing time than. He randomly throws a fit and then attacks a WWE producer. Right. Because um, A, you've already done that story with him. And B, here's your, if he got injured legitimately at Survivor Series, then you know what you do? You write him out of the storyline at Survivor Series, right? Or you write him out the next day. You say, Braun Strowman may have injured himself. He's not cleared to wrestle today as we knew this. You come up with this weird storyline, he's suspended, and then the concept is if the injury comes back not super serious and he can wrestle later, then they're going to try to shoehorn him back into the title picture. That makes no sense, right? <laughs> Whereas if you just actually play it off as an injury, which it is, then when he's cleared to wrestle, he can be right back in the main event title picture without even skipping a beat. And it doesn't suddenly throw his character into limbo. Because keep in mind, until he threw this little hissy fit and attacked Adam Pierce, he has been a face for months. Yep. Um, but then they're like, oh, he might be injured. We got to give him a reason to be suspended. Let's just make him a heel for one night. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you're not going to get any arguments from me. I, I feel like... I feel like... Um, they did a good recovery having KO be the guy 
against Roman um, after, but it there was no build until after the Survivor Series, none whatsoever. And now they're slamming it in, and so you're like, oh, you got to get a TLC match in, huh? That's what I feel like is going on there. Um, and I would venture to guess nobody went through a table, so it'll probably be a chairs match or a ladder match for the title, but which allows for interference. So, but you're right. There's there's nothing going on with Braun. It is we're gonna make him a beast, but when you make a guy like him a beast who's motivated by the title, you either have to schmoz him out or 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 you know schmoz him out. That's really all you can do because you can't make him lose legitimately to people because then he's no longer a beast. I don't know, but I don't know what they're honestly protecting. Um, just because at the same time. They are, haven't been doing anything with him for the longest time, anyways. Whoa, whoa, whoa. for the longest time. Sorry, couldn't stop it. <laughs> I thought you were going with the Sami Zayn feud with him. I was like, that was a long time ago, dude. Nope, it was just my inner Billy Joel came out. Sorry. <laughs> How about that Sami Zayn versus Daniel Bryan um, build-up? One-night build-up. It was pretty good one-night build-up. Well, it wasn't a one-night build-up, though. They've technically been building up for the past two weeks. They've been bickering at each other. So, uh, but no, I like it. And I really enjoyed... Uh, did they fight? Yes, they fought, right? I really enjoyed that match. That was a, a, a fun matchup. I think those two guys work really well together. And, of course, Sami Zayn being a complete dick just really works. Sami Zayn works in every way he does it. He's a very good wrestler or a very good storyteller. Yeah, absolutely. And so what is your crime good set? Well, it being Thanksgiving and Smarks having challenged me to uh, to book a, a, a Thanksgiving dinner match of some type at FBI. Not last week, but the week before. Because, you know, he wanted to get to it before I made, I ruined it for him. My yeah, I did. Back there was not one freaking turkey leg this week. Yeah, it's not almost a... like they heard it and they're like, let's ruin it for them. <laughs> not a oh, one. Oh, no. You ruined things. Oh, geez. What will we ever do? <laughs> And I'm not saying it's a bad crime or a good crime, because I know some people like the comic matches. We didn't really get a comic match, but uh, um, I, it, it's a blessing to not have it, have it have to be a food fight. But not a one, not a single turkey was injured in any professional wrestling. That's the crime, and it's a good crime, in my opinion. But it would have been nice to have a comedic match somewhere this week. I don't understand the Baron Corbin match. That's where I was lost this week. But well, yeah, I don't know what they did there because he was originally supposed to face Otis, but Otis got hit right by uh, Us, so that didn't happen. And then he faced who afterwards? Who did Corbin face afterwards? Yeah, uh, I don't remember. So this is up to you guys. Sorry, <laughs> I, was, I was on. Uh, I had my phone. Who did, who did Corbin end up facing? Uh, hold on, I'm going back to it because I was I have to reread. We weed, I gotta we weed it. We weed it. Gotta we weed. We weed it up. I just didn't understand why it was in why why those two were suddenly in a feud, and I can't remember who it was now. The reason why is though is because oh, it, was it was with Murphy. Right. So that was that was put up earlier on in the day though because Corbin said something to um 
I think it was it Raymond. Just was well done. It just like like I don't know. I, and I realize Seth is gone. You need a new feud. I don't know. Good guys versus bad guys. Yeah. No, it was definitely still pointless for sure. Um, but yeah, like I don't know. I don't know what they're doing with anything. I didn't honestly remember a whole lot from this week because there wasn't a whole lot good. The only thing I remembered was the KO thing that happened. And um, for some reason, I'm not even remember. I'm remembering two wrestling superstars who were on a slingshot because I saw Dominic and uh, his sister's uh, Instagram video of them doing the slingshot. So I have that in my head for some reason. But... WWE programming this, and I didn't watch NXT, unfortunately. So WWE programming was just pretty bland this week. So I'm just worried uh, that uh, this whole booking scenario, especially from what we heard on SmackDown, is just going to kill KO's character now. Because I don't know what they're doing anymore. Was there any rumors who Roman was supposed to face? That is totally a build for TLC. TLC's done. Oh, no. TLC is December 23rd. Um, oh, yeah. Okay. But no, but then that means KO won't be in the title picture for, like, Royal Rumble or Mania. Only if he gets the title. Well, he's going to be facing Roman, no? Why? You think he's going to face Jay Uso at TLC? No. I'm saying it'll be, like, a ladder match. And if he, if he gets the title, then, yeah, you're right. He won't be in the Royal Rumble. He'll have the title. No, but wouldn't you think he'd be facing Roman for TLC? Does Roman already have an opponent for, opponent for TLC? Oh, you, you're, are you suggesting Roman can't lose? Well, I mean, can he? Yeah. Get, he can but, lose, and it can be Jey Uso's fault. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, the light bulb goes off. Yep. Eh, my apologies. I'm sorry. No, I guess, yeah, for sure. That makes sense. And then KO would be champion, hopefully until Mania. And then it's KO Seth again. I'd be down for that. <laughs> and then they could finally do the whole rock thing with Roman because Roman would be going after Us. And then something's going to happen because Roman's going to go cray cray. And then the rock is going to come and do something. And then it'll be Rock and Roman at Mania. Come on, guys. There is five pay per views till Mania. Five. I know. Am I booking too fast? Time to take it off of off of, uh, off of uh, Kevin as they put it on it. They need to build contenders, and Kevin's the only one that's pre-built, other than other than Daniel Bryan. Right. So, yeah, I think that's a good move. I I, I think for now that's a good move. Do we um, do we see Biggie doing anything here? Because they're trying to push Biggie to as a singles competitor. Do we see him doing anything in these four months? I think Biggie gets his shot in the uh, Elimination Chamber. Hmm. Okay. Like he wins the Elimination Chamber to get his shot for Mania, or he gets oh, his championship shot. That'll be online at Elimination Chamber. Okay. Interesting. No, I think I think there's a chance like Biggie's one of the first people in, in in the Elimination Chamber, and he and this that builds his serious contender. Like he's the first guy in, eliminates four out of the five other people. Uh, unless he wins the Rumble. And you've got the rumble. I mean, you got two spots to build him without yeah. without having to put him in a, in a match with the strap. Um, this is really like this is the testing water for anything you want to do over the next year, the next month and a half, two months. That's where you want to find out how you're going to kick off, 
kick off the next round uh, post-WrestleMania. Yeah, for sure. Um, and it's really hard to figure it out because they don't even know what they're doing. No. Yeah, again, we said they don't know what they're doing. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but, they yeah. They don't know what they're doing. They didn't even do a turkey match. And this has been like 15 years running, man. Yeah, I don't know why you're still on that. I'm happy the turkey match did not happen. It's pointless television. <laughs> I'm wondering where Smarks disappeared to. Uh, I'm just just listening to you guys talk. I'm 100 <laughs> percent happy they didn't do a turkey match either, but that's uh beside. Um, I don't. I was just I, surprised. I was happy. You know, here's what it comes down to. I I think maybe this played into it because they didn't actually have a show on Thanksgiving. They felt like doing it on Monday was too early, uh, but doing it on Friday was too late. And that's not like that hasn't been the problem before, but I think they just thought this year, you know what? We don't want to do it four days early. We also don't want to do a Thanksgiving thing a day later. So I think, um, well, I'm going to go in on on one thing. Uh, I don't care what they do with the title, whether it's on Roman or KO or whatever now. It does not matter because The Rock is not coming back to wrestle at WrestleMania. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. I'm just, I, I just don't want you to have this fault hope. La 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 la. That's me not. That's me not paying attention to you and doing my la 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 voice. Okay, you can go ahead and not pay attention and keep yourself in denial. But here's the deal: COVID has pushed pushed back filming of all of his movies. So once COVID restrictions are lifted enough, he is going to be in back to back to back to back movies, which means his insurance for movies will not allow him to wrestle. All I heard was blah, blah, blah. I'm wrong. (laughs) No, I I get it. You can keep yourself in denial all you want. I'm just telling for all the people listening, I'm saying this now. The idea of of The Rock wrestling at a pay-per-view is a pipe dream. It's not going to happen. And I get it. It's hard to give up on your dreams, right? I had dreams of Sting having another run in WWE. Life sucks. Move on. (laughs) Not going to happen. Why you got to count it out? Ric Flair didn't retire until after he was 61 years old. Ric Flair didn't break his body. Yes, final stenosis. <laughs> or maybe he did, but he just hid it from everyone. Let's see, Ric Flair broke his back. Didn't you hear the storyline when he fought Vader in 1993? Ugh, you just don't pay attention at all. Nope. Yeah, because it's like such it. recent past. Um, <laughs> <sighs> Sorry. Well, we'll just move on to misdemeanors here. I already talked about my misdemeanor about Braun. Uh, in conjunction with it, uh, WWE doesn't have any idea what to do with uh, uh, Lars Sullivan after <laughs> bringing him back to much, much fanfare, turning him into a monster, showing showing him destroying people. He has been absent from TV for the last three weeks. Maybe he had another breakdown, bud. Good job to them for uh, not waiting that yeah if he all reports have it that they just literally don't know what to do with him it's like we have no plans for him put him up against Braun <laughs> bring him back to Raw I think he's not even on Raw anymore right he's on Smackdown exactly bring him on Smackdown who cares they like to switch it up anyways bring him to face Braun or something get him to do something there 
Like, oh, I don't know, man. Use them. Unless you got, like, COVID or something. Then, you know, don't use them. Like I said, all the reports inside said they brought him back, they built him up as a thing, and then Vince McMahon decided he didn't want to do that, and they don't know what to do with him anymore. And And to this, I say... I think we need to loosen the distinction between NXT and main roster. And I think it should be more fluid. If a, if a person like Lars gets called up to the main roster and then you decide you don't have anything for him, Let him he go should back be able to just go back down to NXT. Down. Back over to NXT. And because there's fun things they could do. I mean... I'm not a huge Lars Sullivan guy, but Lars Lars Sullivan versus Damian Priest would be a match to watch because they're both big guys, you know? Or how about this? Why not just make it a no... Bring back the NXT invasion. Bring that back, but literally just have them as part of the show. You clearly need more wrestlers. And these NXT guys would provide fun with watching Raw and SmackDown. You do know that it is criminal to mention the word invasion on a wrestling podcast. Why is it criminal? It it brings us some PTSD of the invasion angle. You just have to think about the most recent NXT invasion that they did, which was pretty spot on. Not the WWE-CW invasion. That was just horrible. I mean, granted, if I were to get Austin singing again, I'd be down. What? 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 I- I'm sorry. I was lost in a foxhole for a while. My PTSD had kicked in. So, um, <laughs> no, no, no. No. Just, uh, no. Here's the deal. No. They, That's all they, they, no. They, they didn't even do the NXT invasion justice when they did it. They brought up a couple NXT people. They had them do a couple matches. And then they decided, oh, these guys aren't working right. So uh, we're just going to forget about them. Fortunately, a couple of them, Johnny Gargano and, and uh, Tommaso Ciampa, were able to head back down to NXT and resume things down there. But uh, Aleister Black's been lost on the main roster. Oh, yeah. Just lost. Keith Lee has been so up and down. They like they're sending him to the to the championship feud. Nah, now that now they're gonna not do that. Now he's gonna be back in the mud. No, 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 he's not. And now you he's back. They're actually having better matches on main event than on the actual um, and then on the actual roster on the Raw or SmackDown. Like I think on main event it was Jeff Hardy versus uh, Ricochet on main event. And I was like, oh, I want to see that. You know what I mean? I'm like, why don't you guys do these kind of matches, though, on your main card, at least, and build up some kind of storyline? Like, what is Jeff Hardy even doing now? Is he still with the Elias uh, thing? I think that's over, no? Um, well, the reason they don't have them on the, the Raw or SmackDown is where would they put their 20-minute promos if they had good wrestling matches you know every hour ask Miro yeah every, every hour has to start off with someone monologuing for 20 minutes about something right which has been technically the Hurt Business has been doing it's Hurt Business and Drew McIntyre that's the only promos we've been getting for like the longest time <sighs> Vince so that that's that's my other misdemeanor is just like if if you bring someone up or over from NXT and you decide you don't have a point for them, let them go back to NXT. There's fun things they could do with the NXT people in NXT, you know, with people like that in NXT. Um, And having this fluid back and forth 
could be exciting because then uh, instead of every week seeing the exact same wrestlers, you might have an NXT superstar just show up on your show, do some stuff, and then head back down, you know? Um, Which would create a segment to watch the main shows. And I, it would also give people who watch Raw a reason to turn on NXT. See, we've talked about this before, but Raw pretty consistently gets about a million and a half to two million viewers, right? Mm-hmm. NXT hovers right around that seven hundred thousand. Right. Sometimes up up to a million, not quite, but close to. Uh, it's the same thing with AEW, right? So there is about half a million to 700,000 people who watch Raw who do not also watch NXT. Um, and about the same amount who watch SmackDown but don't watch NXT. Why don't they watch NXT? It's not because the wrestling's bad, because anyone who watches NXT will tell you the wrestling's better than the, what's on the other two shows. Why don't they watch it? Probably a lot because the characters they care about aren't going down there. And they don't know to care about things. And and I will speak to myself as as a fan who didn't watch NXT originally. I was a Raw and SmackDown guy. Uh, when I came back, you know, New Japan and Ring of Honor brought me back into wrestling. And then I got to Raw and SmackDown. And it wasn't until one of the uh, Johnny Gargano versus... Uh, Andrade Almas matches at a, pay, at a takeover that I tuned uh, into NXT to watch because I didn't have a reason to. None of the people I cared about were on NXT at all, right? I was a Finn Balor fan and a Seth Rollins fan. They never went down to NXT, so why why turn on that show? And I turned it on as a fluke and I fell in love with it and I kept watching. So the thing you have to do is you have to give those people who watch on Mondays and Fridays a reason to watch on Wednesday. Right. And the easiest way to do it is take someone they care about and put them on Wednesday. And I think they understand it because this last week they made a big announcement that uh, on Wednesday last week, Kevin Owens was going to be, they first said on commentary. And I think he did do some on commentary, but the big thing is he did a KO show on NXT. Oh, he did. Now, uh, it was fun. Uh, because it was a KO show with uh, Leon Ruff, the new NXT North American champion, who has beat Johnny Gargano twice. Yep. Um, once in a fluke, and once because Damian Priest distracted him enough. Um, but And then Johnny Gargano came out, and Kevin Owens did this fun thing where he brought a chair for Johnny Gargano to sit in, and Johnny Gargano threw a fit and threw it out of the ring, and KO grabbed another chair and set it up. And Johnny Gargano's like, what are you doing with that other chair? I told you I didn't want a chair. He's like, I just have a feeling we'll need another chair. Uh, And Johnny Gargano goes talking and Kevin Owens says, yeah, I think we're going to need another chair in three, two, one. I said three, two, one. Uh, Maybe I'm not going to need a chair. And then Damien Priest's music hit and he came out. Um, But Damien Priest didn't even want the chair, so it got thrown out too. Oh, But here's the deal the right thing yeah no one tunes in for a kevin owen show a ko show if instead right. they would have said ko will be in action on nxt i think people would have tuned in for it because people like ko they want to see so down there right and so having this kind of fluidness between the nxt show and 
Raw and SmackDown could have. It really is the thing that could have could have put NXT in the lead uh, on the Wednesday Night Wars, uh, where they've always been playing catch up, leveraging the star power that you have. And Does anyone else have some misdemeanors to talk about? Um, I got nothing. Yeah. Well, then we will move on to commenting. Wait, wait. Hold on. There, there's a misdemeanor. There was no stuffing this week on any <laughs> WWE television. No? They, they take that stuffing and stuff it. <laughs> we will move on to commendations. Um, my main commendation is I'm commending Tony Storm for joining the dark side. Uh, we didn't see it coming. And we should have. Because it played out exactly the way all heel turns happen in, in these situations. But it was fun to see. So on NXT, they had, of course, uh, Candice LeRae and her friends, Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez, because they're all friends because they're bad guys. Um, and they were uh, going against... Um, who was it they were going against? I'm totally blanking on who it was. Anyways, setting up for the war games down the road. And uh, Tony Storm came out looking like she was going to help. But she did not help. She ends up turning and helping. And so now Tony Storm is going to be part of the Candice LeRae team in War Games. And Io Shirai and some others uh, will be the good the guys. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I don't watch. Uh, I didn't. Um, Ember Moon. That's who she attacked. That's it. So it looks like I missed a good NXT then. That's what you're telling me, huh? Yep, it was it was pretty darn decent. Damn, have to check that out. Indy Hartwell, that's the other one who's on Team Candice LeRae. So it's going to be uh, Shotzi Blackheart, Ember Moon, uh, Io Shirai, they think, and a fourth person that they thought was going to be Tony Storm, but it is not. <laughs> Damn. So we don't know who the last person is then on uh, Shirai's team. Wow. And we don't know specifically if Io Shirai is going to be on. The only ones we officially know is going to be Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon right now. We just think like, it's going to be. I feel like Rhea's a move here. Rhea's definitely for it. Um, they still would need a fourth person, whether that's Io or someone else. But no, yeah. But it was fun to see. Like, I'm I'm a sucker for a good heel turn. Uh you know, just going back a little bit over a year ago when Finn Balor kicked Johnny Gargano in the face. Yeah. Such a good heel. You really enjoyed that one. I really did. It was in the face. It was just like right smack face. Uh, but that is my only real commendation for this week. Um, I mean, I guess AEW had a great show last week. This week's going to be freaking stellar. Uh, this week is the match, right? This week is uh, Moxley versus Omega, no? This week is Moxley versus Omega. Uh, trying to remember the other ones that are coming up on. They've it's officially their um, sort of pay-per-view special. They're calling it Winter is Coming, which I still don't know how they haven't been sued by Game of Thrones yet, but you know, pretty sure they're, they're going to have a, another dim, Dynamite Diamond Battle Royal, which means uh, whoever wins this wins the diamond ring uh and i have i have a prediction for that but um we'll see Wardlow. if it comes Wardlow's <laughs> a good choice i think it's going to be sammy guevara yep that would be good to build because up that. They've, 
between MJF. Hinting a lot of the feud between MJF and Sammy Guevara, breaking up that section of Inner Circle. And what better way to hotshot that than for Sammy to take the the ring away from him? But so far, the people there there are. It's not a guarantee because there's a lot of other people in this that could be it. The confirmed entries are MJF Wardlow, Hangman Page, Sammy Guevara, John Silver, Alex Reynolds, Isaiah Cassidy, and Mark Quinn, Matt Hardy, Matt Seidel, Scorpio Sky, Sean Spears, Orange Cassidy, Kip Sabian, and Miro. Then we also have a tag match. Darby Allen and Cody Rhodes versus Will Hobbs and Ricky Starks. We have Chris Jericho versus Frankie Kazarian. We have Britt Baker versus Layla Hirsch, who's who's been on Dark quite a few times uh, and pretty impressive. And of course, we have Moxley versus Omega. That's a pretty stacked Wednesday night card. Yeah, that sounds like a heck of a lot of fun. So I'm excited, excited for Wednesday night. But other than that, if you guys don't have any commendations, we'll probably uh, make this kind of a shorter episode all in all and and start to wrap things up here. Yeah, I'm sorry. I don't have any more accommodations. It's just I don't know what else. Like, it was just I can't really honestly think of anything. I guess I could think of bad stuff. But uh, yeah, no, I got nothing. Did Lana get put through a table on Raw? I totally. Oh, no, she put Naya through a table. No. Um, I don't remember anyone going through a table on Raw. Right, I was disappointed. <laughs> I was disappointed that Lana didn't go through a table at Survivor Series. They missed their chance there. <laughs> I'm done. I'm good with her not getting any more table etiquettes. Nope. I want I want her through every table until they learn their lesson. This isn't against her. This right. is about WWE learning that you can't make someone a face just by putting them through tables. Um, yes, you can, and and they should prove it to us. Yeah, they. I want I want them to prove me wrong by doing it enough times that it's not going to prove me wrong. Uh, like I said, this is nothing against Lana. Lana, we are never going to get behind her as a wrestler when her whole gimmick is nobody thinks she's a good wrestler. It's because um, her gimmick sort of, is true. Yeah, well, it, partially because it's true. Like. Here's the deal. Call up Aaliyah from NXT, and uh, she's not a great wrestler, but she's better than Lana is. Um, you know? So so that's my thought process on it. Uh, in reality, they should drop it, but I just know Lana's been through nine tables. That means a tables match for Lana versus Nia Jax at TLC. I'm calling it now. That's what they're booking yeah. for. Yeah, I see that happening for sure. Sadly, it's going to be Nia that goes to the 10th. Yeah, because that's going to be their way of, uh, look, she's got her vengeance. She won by putting Nia through the table, and now she's a super face. No, she's not. No, we don't care. No, 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 no. Nope, I guess, nope. I guess my one little, uh, not, a, not accommodation, but my one little um, nagging moment that uh, I'm not a fan of WWE, doing is not doing anything with Shayna. Like, you have this incredibly great talent right there, and all you're using her at... You're not even... First of all, you're not even doing tag team. So Well, that's, you're, that's the thing. They put her as one of the tag team champions and then immediately set them up for a non-tag team feud. Right? They should be destroying the women's tag team division across all three shows. 
right now. Yeah, it's a really good way to actually maybe build up Naya because nobody believes in her. Mm-hmm. Just have her destroy people. Because here's the deal. Shayna was dominant as the women's champion in NXT, right? Mm-hmm. She lost it a few times and then got it back pretty much right away. Um, but she was dominant. So have her be dominant in and tag champions until someone is able to figure out the right combination to beat her uh, if you want to or i don't know put her in a singles division and have her go i mean her she can have wonderful matches with with uh oscar right heck i bet you she'd put on some killer matches with sasha banks yeah like have we ever seen the tag team titles get defended on nxt aside from that one time with bailey and sasha there was only that, that one time, time. Yeah, that was only one time, and this is your perfect moment to bring NXT superstars to Raw or SmackDown, wherever the tag. They're all right there. They're all right. It's not like anyone's traveling. You're all in the same freaking building. Like this is your perfect time to cross promote, and then if ever you do get to travel and so on and so forth. You can probably legitimately have NXT because I would imagine if you cross-promote better, a lot more people are going to start watching NXT and you can actually have NXT also on the road because that is a house show I would want to go see or an NXT event I would want to go see. That's going to be a good Uh, freaking time. Imagine the glory in Cameron Grimes hitting on on Nia Jax. Oh, <laughs> oh my God, that's such a wonderful storyline. Oh my gosh, that'd yeah, be cool. that fun. <laughs> Cameron Grimes. He's just he's the right guy to do that. I I will I will admit I absolutely hated the Cameron Grimes uh, character that they first brought out when he got the hat, but current Cameron Grimes gets a thumbs up for me. Creep Cameron Grimes, you mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, creep Cameron Grimes and also um, cocky but can't back it up sometimes Cameron Grimes. You know, that's what's going to happen. Yeah. That's what's going to happen. Cameron Grimes is going to put the stomp on you. And then he doesn't. <laughs> he's so confident, though. That's why I love <laughs> But then when he's scared, oh, boy, is he scared. He does not like Loomis. I'll tell you that much. I really like what they're doing with that. That's a fun little uh, storyline. Yep. Dexter Loomis is high on my list of up-and-comers there. So, um, I, I've, yet, I've, I've unfortunately yet to have seen him wrestle. Oh, no. Well, I've seen him wrestle in the ring like maybe twice, but this was before this whole gimmick started, like in terms of with Grimes that got me really interested in him. So I really have to go back and watch his wrestling work because um, that Haunted House match that I watched obviously didn't showcase anything. The uh, the best thing about Cameron Grimes is way, or about uh, not Cameron Grimes, uh, Dexter Loomis, is they've managed to keep him still, not talking. He does communicate though, and I like that too. Let me show you my artwork. <laughs> um, I guess one commendation to to bring up is uh, commending the Rascals from Impact Wrestling on somehow or another. Uh, managing to um, keep the fact that they were leaving Impact Wrestling to go to WWE secret uh, up until the day that they left Impact Wrestling. Um, that's that's some some good secret thing there. So the Rascals, um, Dez, Wentz, and uh, I'm totally blanking on the third one's name. 
Memory, it's the second thing to go. I've said that joke before, I think. I don't know. Maybe I don't remember. Yep, you said that exact joke before. Um, <laughs> but they haven't showed up in WWE yet, have they? No. They, uh, uh, they wrestled their last um, match in Impact last week. Mm. And and now they're uh, going to be showing up in Impact Rest uh, in NXT at some point in the future. Who knows how long they'll be in non TV? You know what I mean? But right. They might just be in in uh, developmental for a bit. But on a side note, who's your favorite rascal? Well, it's got to be Spanky. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. Who's your favorite rascal? Alfalfa or Spanky? <laughs> um, Dez, Trey, and Wentz. Couldn't remember which one I was missing. So those are the three. They, uh, like I said, wrestled their last match and have announced that they've signed. Well, I guess I don't even know if they've announced, announced that they've signed. Um, but they wrestled their last match and it's very heavily speculated that they've signed with NXT. Um, I'm interested to see what happens with their gimmick because their gimmick in Impact was very stoner heavy. And while WWE has gotten less intolerant of stoner sorts of gimmicks recently, um, they still don't present Matt Riddle as the stoner bro on the main roster that really is. Right, yeah, they don't really do too much with that. They're not really crazy. I don't think Vince smokes, so I don't think he finds that stuff funny. So I don't know. They're still doing, we want the smoke. Yeah, but it has nothing to do with weed. He's like, oh, wait, that's a hip-hop terminology for, like, the beef? That's some good-ass word. Keep going. That's what black people say when they want good stuff. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, <laughs> but, but here's the deal. If they go, if they go to, to NXT... If they go to AEW, like I say, it's it's still not 100% where they're going, but they're going someplace. Wherever they end up going, they are a heck of athlete. Uh, they're going to be very impressive. Uh, it's just, I just have a hard time seeing WWE using them to their full potential. I mean, their entrance theme in Impact Wrestling was a bong hit. Mm-hmm. That was their theme, you know? So Yeah. Vince is gonna completely change that up around completely. It's not gonna be weed related at all. Um, I don't know. They might What is that noise? Oh, that's the bong head. Yeah. You were doing? Uh, okay. It what was uh, a approximation. It might not have been very good, but <laughs> you know how you make I that better? By actually taking a bong hit, and then you'll be spot <laughs> Well, if I had the paraphernalia to do that around me... <laughs> you wouldn't do it, don't lie. No, I wouldn't, actually. You're right. <laughs> CM Punk did a podcast. If CM Punk did a podcast and was 900% less douchey. Uh, no? No? You, 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 no? You, you're you. less douchey than CM Punk. <laughs> I like CM Punk. He just comes off as a douche. Douche. Yeah. Anyways, we will go ahead and wrap things up here because I think we're running out. And it is, um, you know, getting uh, well after midnight here, which means it's well after one in the morning where 
uh, JLB is at. So we will wrap things up and um, adjourn, I think is the word to use, because um, we are wrestling law enforcement. Sure. But since we're on the topic and there was no crazy events, did you guys end up watching the Roy Jones Mike Tyson fight? I did not. No. No? Damn, guys. One job. I I had very little interest in really watching it. Um, you know, I'm I'm not a boxing aficionado one way or another. Mike Tyson back in the day was an absolute powerhouse and from what I skimmed today, he did a good job and Roy Jones did a good job, but it was it was an exhibition fight, no stakes in the hand, you know. Um, it just wasn't no, my thing. And and no, that's it. But it was still I wanted to just see because I just wanted to see Tyson go into that ring and just see what happens. You know, I knew going in it was going to be an exhibition fight and so on. I did think Roy Jones Jr. was uh, shifting a lot in terms of he was always kind of like grabbing Mike. But I get it. Probably getting hit by Mike is going to hurt. Um, and you know, uh, so I guess I kind of got it. I just wished I would have like to have seen a little it be a little bit more physical uh but still they at least went the eight rounds at two minutes apiece so it was kind of cool but uh ultimately the match of the night was um jake uh jake paul knocking out uh nate robinson because i don't know if i'm sure you must have heard about it it was all over twitter and he was just being made fun of he was the meme of the day essentially because this guy got into that ring it's his first time fighting jake paul the youtube bad boy whatever it's his second time fighting technically and boy that basketball player may be able to do a dunking contests and win championships on that but this man i don't know if he didn't train or whatever have you but this guy was too scared to take a punch it looked like he wanted to wrestle more than actually box um and yeah that knockout was just hilarious the dude was out completely out like so that was probably the most entertaining match of the night um and yeah and i got to see snoop perform so why not and snoop yeah. commentating by the way is freaking amazing <laughs> i uh I kind of pride myself in not having watched anything Jake Paul's involved in, so, you know. Yeah, no, and I agree with that. He is a cocky little prick. Um, he was kind of nice-ish at the post-interview. Um, he did call out Conor McGregor, though, so he's caught chasing again. Um, but he also said he's coming out with a music thing too. And so this guy's just kind of all over the place. So I don't know if he's serious about anything, but you can tell he does certainly take the boxing heck of a lot more serious um, than obviously Nate Robinson because he had posture. You know what I mean? What he was doing in the ring. But again, it's kind of maybe like me being in the ring. You know, I was probably Nate Robinson in that regard. Um, but yeah, no. The only reason he knows he can call out Conor McGregor is he knows Conor McGregor won't fight him because it wouldn't pay enough. Uh, there's... He's got to know to get his ass kicked. Like, he, I think he even called out Mayweather at one point. Like, bro, why are you calling out these legends? Why don't you face, like, I don't know, the current... Because he knows none of them are going to uh, come out because the purse is not going to be big enough for any of them, right? Conor McGregor is not going to fight anyone for less than like 80 million dollars you know <laughs> right 
And no one's going to pay that much for a Jake Paul fight right now. For sure. Um, for sure. What I would love to see is Conor McGregor just tracking down Jake Paul in an alley and beating the tar out of him. <laughs> right. I'm wow. Surprised, I'm surprised, like, Oscar De La Hoya didn't take the fight or something. Like, you know, like an old head or something. Just some old-time boxer just saying, all right, I'll take the fight. Give me, like, 100000 Let's go. Oscar De La Hoya would have mopped the floor with him. That's what I mean, though. Like, I'd do it at $100,000. Like, it's not going to be any... It's not going to last... 10 seconds you know what i mean you go in the ring with any kind of legendary boxer that's i'm sorry a hundred thousand dollars for a 10 second fight let's go i don't even know why mcgregor wouldn't want to take that all right guys pay for my flight pay for my food pay for everything and pay me a hundred grand let's go like it's a manny easy- pacquiao would wipe the floor with jake paul too that'd be anyone anyone in any type of professional boxing uh, company would wipe the floor off with Jake Paul. So, but I mean, at least the guy got the win. But I don't know why this basketball player even took it. But uh, I just wanted to point out that that was the huge event that was tonight. So, um, yeah, you know, it was what it was. Well, Disappointed. The fun on the- thing, the reason I bring up Manny Pacquiao is Manny Pacquiao would be giving Jake Paul seven inches. Manny Pacquiao is only five five. Jake Paul six one. Uh, and Manny Pacquiao would still clean the floor with him. That's why it would be fun to watch. Yeah, that would be that. But he's sick because the height has no has no. Height, but yeah, definitely height make, plays into reach. Um, I I don't know how much Jake Paul weighs, but I assume it's more than Manny Pacquiao too. But Manny Pacquiao would wipe the floor with him. I'm just, and that's why it would be fun to just watch little Manny Pacquiao just beat the tar out of Jake Paul. <laughs> Oh, yes. And you can get your Manny Pacquiao shirt at shop.spreadshirt. Wait, no, no, we don't have that shirt. Nope, don't. But we do have one for sponsoring us from Turks and Caicos. Ooh. Or you're not a cop shirt. Raw and Order WBU. Yep, not a cop shirt. just, Just one that just says Raw and Order WBU on it. Get a nice hat, all sorts of stuff, or a mask. You know, you should be wearing a mask outside, so why not wear one that talks about your favorite wrestling fake cop, fake lawyer, fake RCMP wrestling podcast? Just, and you know, exercising your right to remain silent when there's fake cops gear on your face. Exactly. (laughs) Um, You can also support us on patreon.com slash rawandorderwbu. So that's another way to support us. Um, you can like this podcast on whatever platform you use, share it on your social medias, and you can follow us on Twitter. Follow me at Raw and Order WBU. You can follow DA Fabe at. Well, to really follow me, you'd have to just like walk around in Nebraska and figure out who I was. But you can follow a uh, never updated Twitter account at DA Vincent K Fabe. And you can follow JLB at. JLB420 Real Talk Radio is the brand uh, at Real Talk Radio 8 anchor.fm slash RTR and uh, realtalkradio.online but it's not updated and probably won't be for a while because I'm a lazy bones um, and yeah that's, that's pretty much it good sir awesome awesome but on that note we will adjourn for the day Uh, Thank everyone for listening. We will see you all soon.